Gospel for Grampian listeners, it's the Work on Air team on this beautiful 9th of February. And today in episode 37, we are going to be talking about my wall of faith. You know, Karina, I'm reminded about the wall in Jerusalem. That is the wall of faith that keeps the, uh, the Israelites you know, focused on God. They literally go to that wall and they cry out to God. That is their wall of faith. I mean, I'm also thinking about Solomon when he built the temple. He literally said that, Lord, when the people disobey, they will come to this part of the temple and they will look up to you and they will pray and they will trust you to deliver them and to help them. And that is the wall of faith that we live by now. It is not a physical wall, Myrtle, but it is a wall that is defined by the word of God. That is our wall of faith, the word of God. And so Gospel for Grampian listeners, we're so excited that we are talking to you about the wall of faith faith. Why are we excited? Because if you want to be rich in this world, you need faith because faith is the currency that brings the lim- uh, that takes the limitations off so that we can allow God's magnitude of blessings to be poured into our lives. Without faith, we are limited by human capacity and capabilities and resources. But with faith in God, Heaven's resources becomes our resources. Let your will be done on earth, O God, as it is in heaven. That is what faith does. And so today, as we talk about the wall of faith, talk to us, Karina. Yes, absolutely. You know, faith in God is what you need to succeed, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Angelina, you know, God says in his word, All you need is a little mustard seed. And you know how small a mustard seed is. That's the only faith you need. And if you hope in him, hope and faith go together. Absolutely. You have to hope in something in order for faith to work at it. Faith is the substance that waters the hope. And voila. You then get what you hoped for. Why do we need faith? Let's talk about that a little bit. I'm going back to the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, there was Adam and Eve, and they had faith in the loving Father, Abba Father, Elohim, our Creator, to provide, and God provided. And then suddenly, Satan comes in through, like, through a slithering snake, and he lures Uh, uh, Eve, and suddenly man has fallen. So here you've got two gods operating in the earth, the God of this world, which is Satan, and the God of the universe, which is God, our creator, Abba Father, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and God's Holy Spirit. And so why we need faith is so that the God of the universe can act on the earth. We must all remember, right, when When Adam and Eve had sinned, who took over the earth? Satan. So as long as Satan is active in the earth, we cannot exercise God-given resources without faith in God because the God of the world is the devil. So in order for us to uh, appropriate everything that God wants to give us, which is outside the earth, it's outside time, faith is required. Faith brings that which is in the heavenly realm, in the 
outside time dimension into the natural. And so as long as Satan is on the earth, we need faith in order to operate on the earth because Adam and Eve had a relationship with a loving father. God gave us rule and dominion over the earth and Adam and Eve didn't have to speak words of affirmation or words of faith because they were one with God. When you're one with God, God is in you. The word is in you. It's active. It's alive. It's moving. And so therefore, Adam didn't have to recite a whole lot of word in order for him to get everything God had given him. God had already created the earth. And he said, Adam and Eve, you are placed in here. Now be fruitful and multiply. And because they were one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they were walking in divine word every day. And therefore, they enjoyed the good of the land until sin happened and they'd fallen. And so why we need faith in the earth is because every day, humans, born-again humans, are faced with the God of the world and the God of the universe. And the enemy puts thoughts in our minds to lure us and distort us and make us lose hope and faith. And then we have the word of God. And as long as we have two different environments that we face in daily, we have to have to have to be rooted in the word of God in order for faith to be active. And that is why um, Paul said, do not walk in the flesh, but walk in the spirit so that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So our faith journey as born again Christians, it requires us to live in the word to let the word be written in the tablet of our hearts and let the word be our ultimate authority. If we don't, then we are going to battle having faith. And again, like I said, why do we need faith? Is because of the fallen nature. Had Adam and Eve not uh, been tempted and had not fallen, we would be one with God and never have to worry about exercising the word, you know, feeding ourselves the word because the word is in us. We were, we are without sin. And so Jesus came and paid the price on the cross of Calvary to restore us to our original form. But in that original form, it means that we have to daily feed ourselves with the word of God because, like I said, that we are daily tempted by the devourer by the enemy who comes to steal the word. So let's talk a little bit about how do we exercise our faith. Jesus showed that that he had that kind of faith, for he believed that what he said would come to pass. So faith is a doing word, meaning we have to put the word in us. It has to be in our hearts. And when we speak it, it It has life. But the key here is we have to believe what we're speaking. I mean, I don't know about you, Karina and Myrtle. Many people speak the word of God, but they never see an answer to their word. Hey, how many people you know, including myself? I mean, there's many times I recited the word of God, but I never seen a a realization, the manifestation of the word of God. Why does that happen? Your faith level is not high enough. It's because their heart doesn't believe. Wow. Through believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth, you you have what you say you have. 
by, by believing in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and confessing with our mouth that he's Lord of our life, we become saved. And by accepting the Holy Spirit, we understand we are born again by accepting the born-again experience. So the key here about the Word of God working for us is letting us, our heart, believing it. So if it's a head knowledge, we're not going to see the realization of it. But believing in our heart, then we began to see the realization of, of what we're saying. Jesus believed what was in his heart. When he spoke a word and he cursed the fig tree, he believed in his heart that when I curse the fig tree, it's going to die. Therefore, the fig tree died. It's like the foundations of the earth, Hebrews 11.3. Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So faith is, I do not physically see it with my eyes, but I'm speaking what I believe and I'm fully convinced in my heart about the matter. Jesus spoke the earth when it didn't physically exist. He said, light let there be, water let there be, animal let there be, plants let there be. And he believed in his heart that which he spoke will happen and it happened. And so the key here is, Karina, believing in my heart that which I see, that which I say, could see with my heart and confess that. If I see with my head knowledge, my heart doesn't believe. My mind has to see what my heart is, is what's written in the tablet of my heart. I mean, God told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night and it shall make your life prosperous. It shall make your way prosperous. Meditate on my word day and night. So meditation meaning it's going to be substance in my heart. That if you squeeze me, Myrtle, what's going to come out? Word. And I think we had a typical experience in the last two weeks. Every time we got squeezed in business affairs, what was coming out of us? Word. That's when you know that the word is working for you because when you are pressed in your heart, what's coming out? Head knowledge or word? Fear, anxiety, worry or word? That's when you know that you believe the word over your circumstances. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I might not see the breakthrough. But my heart has the evidence that the breakthrough is there. Therefore, while my physical eyes doesn't see it, my heart sees it. Therefore, when you press my button on something that I know I need, what do you think is going to come out of me? What I see in my heart, that is what belief is. Absolutely. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and the there's power in, in our words, there's power in the tongue. And, you know, even though the, the, the Bible says, even though the tongue is so small, but they, it, it has a power to destroy, it has a power to bring life. So absolutely. You know, I love what uh, Kenneth, Kenneth E. Hagen talks about in his book, Exercising Faith. He says, if a person sits around and groans, sighs, gripes, and complains, 
waiting for something to happen, waiting until they can detect that every symptom is gone and all the flesh corresponds with his faith before he starts believing God. He is out of order. He will never get very far. I mean, we see that with the, with the, the, the Israelites when they were coming out of the, out of Egypt, God said the ones that are groaning, moaning and complaining are going to perish in the wilderness because they were waiting to physically see a breakthrough before they could enter the promised land. Yet God gave them physically everything. So if you are complaining, moaning, groaning gospel for Grampian listeners, you are not in the faith zone. You are in the war zone and you are destined for death, destined for poverty, destined for the worst, because anything opposite of faith is a war zone. On this earth, it's a fact. If you're not in faith with God, you are in the devil's zone, and the devil's zone is war zone, because that is chaos, that is disorder, that is no peace, that is everlasting storms, that is burning in the pit of hell. You don't even have to go to hell. I mean, just talk to people that are going through a lot of uh, 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 situations in life. They feel like they're in hell already. So you have to be in faith zone in order to live in perfect peace, or else you are in the devil's zone, which is war zone. So talk to us, Karina. Talk to us about some some iconic people in our in the word of God and their faith success stories that God put in the word of God to help us be motivated and to stay on the right track in terms of building our faith. Well one of my favorite people is Abraham. And Hebrews 11 verse 18 to 12 says, You know, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now imagine that. You don't know where you're going, but you're going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised, therefore from one man and him as good as dead, were born as many in as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable has a sand which is by the sea. So, so this is my one of my favorite people is Abraham because not knowing firstly where you're going to go, but you just have God's word and that is your direction. Because God said it, you're dwelling in the land. Because God said it, you know that you're going to have a seed which was Isaac. Even though you're old, even though circumstances seem like it's falling apart, even though whatever is happening to your body, whatever is happening around you, and you just can't put your mind around it, but God said it, so that's why you believe for it. And it's beautiful because even Sarah, God gave her the strength because of the faith. Absolutely. And what I like about the account is that the, uh, the word of God says it is impossible to please God without faith. The reason Abraham pleased God is because he had faith. Like you're saying, he, he got out of his comfort zone, out of his familiar family, familiar environment, and believed a foreign God. Because remember, where he came from, they believe in idol worship. 
They believed in moons and etc. And so when God called him out, he believed God. And God accounted that as righteousness because he had faith in God. And therefore, God could move on his behalf on the earth because he had faith in God. And, and as a result, he was able to enjoy the blessings. He left um, his family home with nothing except his wife and Lot. And guess what? He came to be a wealthy, wealthy person. Very wealthy. But interesting enough, God gave him grace and helped him to have faith. God doesn't just leave us alone, Myrtle. When we become born again, his grace is sufficient for us. He gives us more than enough to help us walk this faith journey. I mean, I think about Abraham and and, and Sarah. They battled to have faith. So what did he do? He sent help and changed their names. He says, no, you're going too long now. You're going too long now waiting for your promise because you can't believe. I'm going to come down and tell you I'm changing your name. I'm changing your name to Father of Nations. I'm changing your name to Mother of Nations. Within three months, Karina, of them meditating on their new identity, the conception happened. God is a God of grace. He helps us so that our faith doesn't fail us. I'm reminded about Peter. Jesus said, Peter, I pray for you that your faith will not fail you, that when you overcome, you will strengthen the brothers. God doesn't just leave us to just figure out faith. He gives us support and counsel and inspiration and teaching to help us build ourselves on the most holy faith. I mean, I'm thinking about the story that you, the account that you gave us now. It is sitting in Hebrews. In the New Testament, when you go and read up Hebrews 11, it is a whole wall of faith. It is a story of Noah. It is a story of Abraham. It is a story of Cain and Abel. And God put it in there and it literally says that Paul says in Hebrews, God put the accounts here to help you build yourself in faith. What he did then, he will do now. Amen. And and he said, blessed, he said to Thomas, blessed are those who do not see but believe. We get blessed, Myrtle. Thomas saw the hand of Jesus and then believed. And Jesus said, blessed are those that do not see yet believe. Imagine how much of blessings are awaiting us, Myrtle, because we don't get to see the Jesus hand, but we believe in him. Because by faith, we believe in our heart that he is Lord. And by our mouth, we confess that he is Lord of our life. Therefore, we are saved. So if we are fully convinced by that word that for God so loved the world that he gave his only life for me. If I'm fully convinced by that word and I receive Jesus Christ as Lord of my life, why am I having difficulty living that abundant life? I have faith to believe that I'm saved, that if I die today, heaven's my home. But I don't have faith to believe that when he went on the cross, I am rich, I am healthy, and I am healed. Because that is what the finished work on the cross meant. Not only salvation, it means I am rich, I am healthy, I am strong, I am well. And now let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich because of what he's done. On the cross of Calvary, many Christians, Karina, get get stuck in the salvation message and forget to live in the abundance message. Okay, let's talk about the Cain and Abel. How one got stuck in the salvation message, and the other one knew his righteousness. It was by faith 
that Abel brought more acceptable offer to God than Cain did. Abel of, Abel's offer gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Of faith. Absolutely. Yes, he had faith and that's why, you know, that uh, up till today we remember that faith. And it counts it as righteousness. Amen. That is so true. You know, you have to have faith in order to receive. You have to have faith that it's going to happen. And I, I love all the the people who are mighty, the mighty men of God, the mighty woman of God, all of them had one thing in common, and that is faith. They had faith to believe God was going to come through. They had faith to believe that God was going to change the circumstances. You know, Karina was talking about um, Abram, the father of faith. That's what they call him in the Bible. But can you imagine, Angelina, you go... You have to go sacrifice your son, the only son that God gave you. You walk up and you sacrifice that son. How how must you, you your faith was tested like you cannot believe it that he walked up and he knew God is going to provide. Because why? When God changed his name, that he is the father of many nations, he was fully convinced. Therefore, he was willing to give his son on the altar because he knew Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Because yet I'm obeying God and bringing my son to the altar. I am fully convinced that I'm the father of many nations. My God will provide. Amen. You know, in Romans 1 verse 17, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That is Amen. exactly what happened with, with uh, Cain and Abel. Yes. Abel was able to give a more righteous, uh, a, a more a good offering because he understood that he is the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen. He lived by faith in God. God. Therefore, he could give a more acceptable offering. And that's exactly what happened with, with, with Abraham. He knew I am fully convinced that I'm the father of all nations. So when God says that I need to release my son, Jehovah Jireh is going to provide the same God that went into the womb of my wife who was way past childbearing age and gave her a life through her and inheritance. I know my God will provide. We have to get to that point of being fully convinced. And how do we get fully convinced? And that is exactly the secret that Abraham and Sarah teaches us through their account. We have to let the word take root in our hearts. They had to believe that they are the father and mother of many nations. God had to put it in their, uh, change their names. They had to tell people who their true identity is. They had to believe it for themselves. And before you knew it, they're walking in that way. The word of God is our tools of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I can hope in many things, but if I don't have word in my heart and I'm not believing it, it ain't going to happen. Because how you know you have faith, Myrtle, 
It's this simple. When somebody comes and questions you about what you're trusting God for, are you nervous? Are you anxious? Are you worried? Or are you speaking word when when the tests come? Like, for example, when Abraham was tested, take your son to the altar. What came out of him? Word or fear or anxiety? Word came out, my God shall provide. When we go through the, the, the fires of, uh, of, uh, of challenges, financial issues or, or family issues or work issues or job issues, what comes out of us? The promises of God or fear, worry, anxiety? Like you said, out of the abundance of the heart flows the issues of life. What is coming out of us when those giants are in front of us? The word of God. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. God is my strong tower. I am safe. I am protected. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Famine will not touch my home. COVID will not touch my family. I will not be in lack. I will not experience poverty because of the finished work on the cross. When you are unemployed or you don't get a salary, what is coming out of your heart? Word or fear? Head knowledge or heart knowledge? And that is the key to success because that is how Abraham did it. Let's talk about Noah. You've got something interesting for us on Noah. Yes, and Noah built a large boat for for him and his family. People thought he was mad. They laughed at him and they thought, his God's going to now help him to put all these animals and everything in this big boat. But in the meantime, he had faith in God. When God asked him, he went and he built this, this uh, boat with faith because he knew that God can do it. He knew that. And he showed them, my God will provide wherever I go. I don't need to worry about anything. And it took, for, it took quite a long while to build the, the ark. And you can imagine... Um, the amount of people that mocked him over that long period. So he had to deal with a lot of um, terrible uh, remarks. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? It's like 10 years gone, 20 years gone. They say it's about 100 years he took to build the ark. And in that 100 years, people might have thought, wow, you are really, really a madman. And in all of that, he kept the faith because he chose to obey God. And then what happened? He was a righteous man. Yes. That's why he honored God. He was blameless among the people of his time. It does not mean Noah was perfect or sinless, but that he loved God with his whole heart and was fully committed to obedience. That's the key that we are, we are hearing play out in Abraham and Noah, total obedience to God. You know, your obedience to God is tested when you have to give up your Isaac or give up your reputation or give up your time. Imagine 100 years to build an ark. That is a lot of time invested in a God you don't see. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't read anywhere in the Bible where it says Noah had an encounter with God the way Moses did, where Noah physically saw God. I don't know. I don't read that account in the Bible. All I know is God told Noah, build the ark. But it didn't say that 
God walked with Noah. It said God walked with Enoch, walked with Enoch. So here's a man in total obedience to a creator that we don't read about that he met him or walked with him. And he believed God. Total obedience. And what happened? Hey? The, the human, human race was saved. Because had Noah not built the ark, the human race and all the species would have been wiped out. So God preserved creation through one man's obedience. And yet that one man's obedience was tested over a hundred years because it took that long to build the ark. And in that time, I do not believe that he wasn't tested because people even didn't believe him when they, he called them into the ark. He said, it's not, they said, it's not going to rain. And he says, no, it's going to rain. No, you're crazy. This is a desert. It ain't going to rain. Why are you building the ark? There's no rain here. What, what is that ark for? But he, he was obedient to the Lord when everything looked absolutely contrary in the natural. And that is what faith is. Faith is obedient to God's word when everything in the natural looks the opposite. Looks the opposite. You have to believe God that what his word is true. We have to physically believe that God's word is true because that's exactly what happened to Adam and not Adam and Eve. It happened to Abraham and, and, and Sarah. It is impossible at 99 for her to have a baby. Yet her womb was opened because they believed God. It was impossible for Mary to be pregnant without being intimate as a virgin. But she believed the messenger of God. How many of us are believing the word of God? God wrote the Bible, inspired through man, I mean, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by man to help us exercise faith on the earth. He helped us live victorious, Karina, by giving us his word, his written word and the spirit of God. And how many people die with the word just being a book of letters rather than a reality? Hey? Let's talk about some, uh, somebody said here today, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That is exactly what happened, Myrtle, with Noah. That is exactly what happened with Abraham. What about you, Gospel for Grampian listeners? How many of you are choosing to walk by the word of God and what God's word says versus what you are seeing in the natural? Head knowledge can mess you up. That is why you have to walk in the spirit so that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And walking in the spirit means you not only praying, but you letting the word of God renew your thinking, renew your minding, your mind. Stinking thinking is when you allow the circumstances that are by sight to dictate the outcome of your life. We can never live in God's standard by what we see. Because human sight has limitations. It has boundaries. So if you want to think big and live as God planned, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for us, you can't see it with a natural eye. You can't hear it with a natural voice. You have to hear it from the spirit, your spirit. 
You have to see it from your spirit, the eye of your spirit. And that doesn't happen through what you are focusing in the natural. It happens by having the word of God in your heart. And the spirit of God brings light to that word. And it becomes life and light. And before you know it, when the circumstances and the natural are hitting you, the light of God becomes the word that you speak. And that's how you began to create in the natural that which God has promised you. Let's talk about our wall of faith. Talk to us, Karina. What is your wall of faith? For gospel, for Grampian listeners, our wall of faith is what we believe God for in our life. Abraham and Sarah's wall of faith is being a generation that is being uh, that is birthing the nation of God. The wall of faith for Noah was building the ark that will save and preserve creation. What is your wall of faith, Gospel for Grampian listeners? Today we have the opportunity of Myrtle, Karina, and myself sharing our personal wall of faith to you to encourage you and help you to not give up and to believe God because God's word is true. It is yes and amen. And again, you cannot have faith in the absence of hope because Faith is the substance on hope. So what are you hoping for? That is what we are talking about today. When you hope on something, then you begin to put the faith, the word of God, interaction on that hope, and then you see the manifestation come on. Abraham and Sarah were hoping for a family, and therefore faith made it happen. Noah was hoping to save creation, therefore he could persevere and build the up. Right? What are you hoping for, Gospel for Grampian listeners? Absolutely. You know, um, I like to share the testimony about how I had to have faith in God during the time where I didn't have any money to study for college. And I remember, remember finishing high school and I really, really wanted to study with all my heart, but I didn't have the finances. And year passed, a gap year passed and still nothing and it took a while but you know God came through and in that time of it coming through I had to work in a factory and every morning um, you know when I reached the factory we would pray even if it was for two minutes we would pray and I would just pray during that time and strengthen myself in prayer and come back home and spend time with the word of God so my faith was growing in that season. And when, you know, when I had to believe God for the studying, there was nothing there. There was no colleges near or anything near for me to say, you know, can you please give me a bursary or whatever? I couldn't ask for something like that. But what happened was that I had favor. I had favor from God and just me desiring it. You know, the Bible also says those who, de- those who delight in the Lord will, re- will receive the desires of their heart. So God knew my heart and he knew how much I wanted to study. And during that time of working in the factory, I remember someone telling me, uh, why, are you, why are you working in the factory when you, you, know, you can study? And I said, no, I, I don't have the finances and stuff like that. And um, I remember that day something stirred inside of my heart and I sent out a CO application form to colleges. It was past the due date where 
registration by this time is closed so it's almost nearly impossible to get in and i sent it anyway trusted god believed in faith that something was going to happen the faith inside of me was so bigger bigger than my mind could even think because you're doing something that doesn't make sense it's nonsensical it it's just absolutely ridiculous to believe so i remember going fully i didn't even have a printer i didn't have any resources so i'm literally and and there's work days so you have to measure, you have to manage your time so i remember on a saturday going printing out the forms and going to the shop and faxing it because i didn't have a fax machine either so you have nothing you don't have any resources all you have is you're hoping in god that something's going to happen and god was so good because i got accepted by all the colleges and i didn't know that you have to pay a fee to get in so my mind is like okay if they accepted you you're actually in now you in so because i didn't know that you know in my family not many people studied so i didn't have the understanding of how this procedure worked so i remember taking it off i i go to work and i'm like I I sent an email to the agent I'm like I have to take off because I got approved from this college and I go there to the college and fill in the registration forms and they're like where's the money <laughs> and I'm like um I'm like no don't worry my company will pay for it and I'm speaking here in faith not knowing much about anything. I know that the company offers bursaries, but there was nothing approved yet for me to speak such boldness and faith. Only the Holy Spirit could have knew the end from the beginning for me to speak that. And I had faith and I said, "Don't worry. My company is paying for it." So I call the company and I'm like, "Are there any bursaries and what's the process and stuff?" And they're like, "I'm sorry, but I don't think there's any bursaries this year." <laughs> so I'm like, uh okay and then when the lady says okay what did they say i'm like no no don't worry my company will take care of it and i remember my friend was with me that day and i didn't tell the lady what they said or anything i just kept believing and i go home i close the door i'm on my knees praying i'm saying god i don't understand this and i'm praying and i'm crying to him and i'm like lord i know that you'll make a way i just poured my heart out to the lord that day and i just spoke to him believing still in my heart i didn't understand what was happening but i knew god would make a way and um i remember going to work and i spoke to the hr i said please tell me what's happening with the bursary because i hear that there's nothing and i was so excited i didn't have any anxiousness or fear inside of me when i asked those questions and she said to me she said go look on the board on the um on the, the on the notification board and i go there and it says bursaries are out now how can something just change over the weekend how can something just change so fast if god's hand is not upon it and there were so many applicants during that time it was impossible for me to even get a bursary and again god came through in an impossible season he came through again where i got selected i got chosen and i was like the only one that they paid in the registration fee has well has the whole sum of of the fees and that happened for 3 years even the fourth year god took care of it 
But it took a season of just having faith when you don't have anything. I remember during my fourth year of honors and I had to, I asked my parents that, yeah, I said, do you have peace that I should do it? Because I, I like studying. And they said, yes, go for it. And I didn't have any money for the registration fee. And the company said, that was funding me said, listen, we're not going to pay in your registration fee now. We're just going to pay in the fee. So you have to pay in like 5,000 registration fee. And I didn't have any money to make that decision. And when your name is written on something and when you sign that letter, you know it's your responsibility. So I knew what I was doing and I knew that I had to trust God. And during that period as well of just saying, God, I know that you're going to come through for me. It was a long period. The first month went and I had leeway. They gave me grace. The, the college gave me grace for registration. Second month came and they gave me grace. The third month came and they gave me grace. But they kept calling me. And every time they called, I, my heart was like, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? Because I don't know what to say. And I remember one day, I just had the courage to say, my father will take care of it. I wasn't referring to my earthly dad. I was referring to my heavenly father that he will take care of it. And the next week, the college called me and said they are discounting that amount. And the balance of it, you know, God took care of it. So it was a season of just believing God. But there were challenges that tried to pull you pull me down in that but I had to go back to the word and say Lord this is what you said I'm in this position you don't have the money you don't have the resources but I didn't even have in the period mind you in the college period I didn't even have the prescribed textbook that the colleges wanted me to get and 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 Karina got A's yes she got A's by faith because faith God gave her materials to the internet that she could use for her her subjects. So God's grace has just been such an abundance from from me who's who's failed maths in high school by 18%, I think, which is not even 20%. And coming to college and doing core math and statistics and accounting and economics and getting distinction is, is the grace of God and the and I, I used to look at people who had prescribed textbooks, which was very expensive. I couldn't afford it. And they actually didn't even get that. And here's someone who's just trusting God and having faith and God excels them like that. It is, I just look, I always look back at this testimony and think how God did it in impossible situations where you don't have money. And he puts people in your spaces to say, I'm, I got you. I got you, I absolutely. Got you. And, you know, that that is such a great wall of faith for you to, you know, remember for your future as well. Because, um, I mean, I walked the journey with you when it came to your studying. And I think the key that we're getting out of this gospel for Grampian listeners is that faith is an action word. Yes. Karina had hope to study, and she acted on that hope by going and registering. And then faith fed that hope. So faith is an action word. If you have a hope in something and the Holy Spirit prompts you to act on that hope, you need to do it. Because had Karina not went and taken the day off to go and register on the first year, she would have never completed second, third, or fourth year. Something had to have happened. Faith without works is dead. 
without works is dead. So when you have a hope, work on that hope and let the Lord let uh, let the word of God feed that because the word of God is your faith that feeds that hope. I mean, I'm thinking about Abraham and Sarah. They had hope for a baby and the word of God telling them you are the father and mother of many nations was the substance that let them leave their comfort zones and go into the land of Canaan. What is your wall of faith, Myrtle? Angelina, I lost my husband in 2004. It was very traumatic because he was shot next to me in a hijacking. I came home that afternoon. I bought him his birthday present. That was, for me, so exciting. And when I got out of the car, there was two little angels falling out of the sky. I don't know from where. And they hijacked me. And my husband wasn't even at home. So I, I gave them everything because I said they're going to um, shoot me if I, if I scream or do anything. So I was standing there. And um, the next moment, as they wanted to go out, my husband came in. And I was shouting and screaming on top of my voice, please don't come in. They've got a gun. My husband was like in two seconds next to me. And when they saw the size of my husband, they shot him. And I was standing there and I was screaming for somebody to come and help me because I uh, reversed out of the driveway and they just uh, hit the road where I don't know. And um, I was standing there screaming and one of the advocates living in my street, he came to help me. And after that... It was so, so traumatic. We, was, we were waiting for the police and we were waiting for um, the Duomini to come and help us, pray for us. And as I, I was sitting with him in my arms for four hours, a dead body, I was waiting for the, uh, the ambulance to come. And that night, 10 o'clock, they took him away to the mortuary. But I had faith in God because I know now my provider was taken away. And one day, because he uh, invested all his money with a woman that was doing his investments, the one day I found her, Angelina, and I asked her, um, I need some money to do stuff in my house. She said to me, um, sorry, I've got bad news for you. I've lost all your money. Angelina, I was standing there. I wasn't even crying because I knew crying is not going to bring the money back. But I had to have faith for God to provide for me. And up till today, I can tell you, God provided. I, I'm always dressed up. I've got everything that I need. I've got a paid-up house. So God is always, you must have faith in God. Otherwise, that won't help you to stand and cry. Cry is not going to solve the problem. Have faith in God. Read your word and pray daily. Pray brought me through this situation. 
Today, I'm a wealthy woman that lacks nothing because of faith. Faith is a big, a small word, but it's something big in your life. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then I've got another scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's why I can tell Gospel for Grampian listeners, today I can tell you, to have faith is the most amazing thing. You, will, you can do anything with faith like a mustard seed. You can turn the world around, I promise you. Because in my company that I'm working for, we've got, we pray every single morning. We pray during the day. We live on faith. And God is providing for us like you cannot believe it. God, there is no lack in my company, no lack whatsoever because of our faith in God. Amen. I'm also thinking, uh, Myrtle, how long have um, how long have you been a widow? 19 years. And, and here's this, Myrtle's 19 years a widow, and having faith in God took her through and helped her live in the promised land because your husband, like you say, was your provider. And the minute he left uh, and... The lady, the investment lady said that, you know, all the money's, um, she's lost all your money. You had to tap into Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. And you began to see Jehovah Jireh at work in your life. Hey? True, Angelina. If it wasn't for God, really, I cannot tell you. I was on my knees day and night. And that brought me where I am today. Today, I'm a wealthy woman. I lack nothing, and I just just praise God for that. I mean, that then comes back, that scripture, Philippians 4.19, is your reality. Amen. You know, um, gospel for Grampian listeners, if you are having a situation where you want to study or you you are lacking in your home and you need financial resources, here's two women in our business that have given you their walk their wall of faith, of trusting the Lord, and how the Lord has taken both these women into new territories, one that didn't have money for studying and was able to trust the Lord for four years of studying and managed to get honors and get A's, uh, A-plus, uh, you know, um, passes. And here's our beautiful Myrtle, 19 years a widow and lives extravagantly because the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, is her provider. I want to give my wall of faith. I mean, I've got many that I can share, but I'm going to talk about a most recent one. When uh, Sam and I turned nine years of marriage two years ago, my 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 daughter and my niece brought home as a anniversary gift to Sam and I, they brought us home a little icon of uh, the Eiffel Tower of Paris. And when they did, I said to them, I'm going to Paris next year for our 10-year anniversary. That was just a word that I uttered in the atmosphere uh, in 2021. And in 2022, Karina took a photo where she mocked it and put a picture of Sam and I in Paris for our 10-year anniversary. And she put it up in her profile status. 
Little did she know that putting that profile status on her phone helped me resurrect my hope of what I'd uttered the year before. And so for four months, she or for two months, she had that, that picture up there of, I'm not taking this picture out of my profile status, Auntie Ange, until you and Uncle Sam go to Paris. That picture was my hope of I'm going to Paris for 10 years anniversary. So four weeks before we could go to Paris, I start making inquiries about what do we need to do to go to Paris? No, you first have to go and get a visa only to find out that Sam's passport had expired. I'm like, Lord, are we really going? Do you want us to go? Because his passport expired. Within two weeks, he'd gotten his passport. And then I'm like, okay, Lord, then that means this is of you. We are, you are making us go because you made it impossible. Normally with passports, it takes quite a, a while. Nine days later, Sam gets his passport. We then go and we get our visas. But now in all of the time of getting our visas, Sam and I didn't have enough money to go on this trip. Europe is euros. It's a lot of money. It's 18 times more the South African rand. And when we looked at our budget, even though we'd went and got the visa application, we only had uh, half the amount of money to go on the trip. And when Sam had uh, said, love, you know, we don't have enough money to go on this trip. I said to him, love, God put it in our hearts to go, and our hope is in him to provide he will make a way. A day or two before our visas were issued, we had we had seen that we had more than enough to go on the trip. Yet a week before that, our budget looked absolutely impossible, gospel for Grampian listeners. We only had half the amount to go on this trip. And Sam and I took a hold of God's word, and we stood together in faith, and we said, thank you, God, that you grant us the desires of our heart. Mark eleven twenty four was the scripture we stood on. What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And that was what we did. Both of us took our hands together and we said, Lord, we desire for our 10 years anniversary to go to Paris for our anniversary. Because we, when we got married, we never had an anniversary. And with all the blended issues we had in our family, we never got to enjoy our honeymoon or our married life. So we said, Lord, we would desire to go and rekindle our marriage by going to Paris. Please make a way. Mark eleven twenty four. we stood on. And not even a week later, Gospel for Grampian listeners, I don't know how it happened, but our bank account had more than what we needed in order to go on the trip. Because when we got back home from, we went to two countries, by the way, this is the testimony. We not only went to Paris, but we also ended up going to Amsterdam and we came back and we came back with dollars. We came home with dollars. So that is the goodness of God that for our 10 years wedding anniversary, what looked impossible four weeks before we could go became possible four weeks later because God gives us the desires of our heart because God is interested in family. I mean, if you're asking God to go and do something worldly, it ain't going to happen. You're going to have to work at it. But God saw the desires of our heart. We wanted to rekindle our marriage. And and then I'm thinking about the, the word, again, a gospel for Grampian listeners, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hoped for a holiday to rekindle our marriage. Karina hoped 
to study because you wanted to get a qualification so that you'll have more good opportunities in the working world. Myrtle hoped for Jehovah Jireh to provide because her husband was taken away. And look at it, that hope through the word of God and feeding ourselves with the promises of God's word, faith arose and fed the hope. And suddenly we see what we hoped for come alive. And I absolutely love what Kenneth Hagin says. He says, you never hope for what you have. You hope for what you don't have. Because if you have it, why are you going to hope for it? The three of us had hoped for something we didn't have. And when we hoped for something we didn't have, faith grew from the words of God. Faith, I love what Kenneth Hagin says. He says, faith is the warranty deed that which you hope for is at last yours. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. He says that we must meditate on scripture. When we meditate on scripture, we make it ours. Just like Myrtle made that scripture, Hebrews 11 hers and Philippians 4.19 hers. And Karina made that scripture hers. We made Mark 11.24 our scripture. It became ours. I love what he says. Kenneth Hagin says, don't accept something because someone else said it. Don't accept a scripture because someone else said it. Make it personal to you. Make Find a scripture in the word of God and personalize it. Because when you personalize on it, you can act upon it and it's going to work. Like me, we acted on Mark 11, 24. We desired to have that holiday to rekindle our marriage. And therefore, we believed God that we can have that holiday. And it happened supernaturally. You know, I'm thinking about Joshua. God told Joshua, the word of God must not depart from you. When you meditate on it day and night, it shall make you prosperous. Faith gives substance to what is hoped for, and what is hoped for becomes your reality. So, Gospel for Grampian listeners, as we end today, build your wall of faith. What are you trusting God for? Go and hope for something, because God says in His Word that He wants to give you a good life. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a good future. What is the future you're hoping for? When you're hoping for that, then begin to find scripture in the word of God and meditate on that scripture. Practice it. Let the word become first place in your life so that when the issues of life come, the word of God will come out. Like Karina was saying, when every time she uh, she pressed on for trusting the Lord for the studies, the HR said it was impossible, but the word came out and made it possible that suddenly what was impossible became possible in the company that gave her the, uh, the the bursary study. So as we end today, we say to you, build your wall of faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Happy, happy 9th February.